This is a pre-recorded version of the WTKA Roundtable <laughs> on WTKA, unsurprisingly, 9 o'clock Thursdays. It is recorded, however, so if you call in, no one will answer. And we are back, folks, here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTKA online at WTK.com. Sam Webb, Mr. Ira Weintraub on the other side. And we are joined a little early by two-thirds of the MGO Blog Roundtable crew, uh, Seth Fisher and Craig Ross. How are you guys doing this morning? I'm doing great. How about you guys? I gotta I'm forget. doing all right. I got to stop doing this, man. I, I log in early, and then I'm like, and you guys are like, hey, we got a segment coming up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have no idea what to say. Here, here's the thing. We could start with this. And I think this relates to Michigan basketball. Einstein once said, without time, matter doesn't exist. And I think that's where Michigan basketball is at right now, or the inverse of that. If that makes any sense, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> so. So, I mean, what, what are you, where are you? So that is a good question. Where are you? How have you calibrated your expectations for, for Michigan basketball? I mean, they, they have to add some more pieces for me to think that this is a team that's going to compete for, uh, compete for the tournament. I just, I think what we've seen thus far makes them, makes them an okay team. It makes them not a, not a bottom third of the, uh, of the big 10 team, but you know, upper, upper portion, upper quadrant. I think they have they need some more help in order to be uh in that mix. But we, we got time to talk about that. I yeah, wanna yeah, start yeah. I wanna start off, you know, the, the round table a little early with this question because I asked it to Ira earlier. We heard the announcement of Empower earlier this week. We know that Jim is on the on the rest. Jim, it's uh Partridge. I know they brought John Rachi out of retirement uh to, to do at least as far as college uh, athletics are concerned. Um, you got the collectives, you got some of the guys from, uh, some of the guys from hail impact. You got some of the guys from, um, champion circle. I don't know if stadium and Maine have any, if they have to ask Jamie that too, do they have anyone in the travel party for empower, but this is a major fundraising push that Jim is leading. How much do you think is, is realistic? What's a realistic number that you think they can, they can pull in. In this fundraising, You're wrong dudes, man. We don't play with that amount of money. <laughs> I mean, you know Matt Ishbia, right? You grew up with Matt Ishbia, well, and Seth. I, mean, I maybe yeah, you I never got talked to clothes. him about money, and that's okay. like how the kids are doing and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, it. What do you buy? I guess I shouldn't ask you inside information like that on it. But yeah. one of the immediate questions we got was, "Well, hey, they can't go to Stephen Ross because it'd just be like Ishbia," and I just, I guess. I've heard different things in the original story about Ishbia pulling back the uh, the 
NIL support, the NIL program. Yeah. Michigan State came out and said they didn't ask him to do that. And I don't know. Is there an NBA bylaw, NBA rule that I don't prohibit? I don't know. I haven't talked to him. I have not talked to him at all about that kind of thing. And that it, it very likely could be just because these are guys that you're going to have to recruit as a, you know, for NBA jobs eventually. Right. There might be some issues there. I just I I can't focus on what state's doing because I have a feeling they're just going to find a way to get money to their players anyway. Like who's. Yeah. yeah. Well, the reason why it came up is yeah. because people yeah. were like, well, they can't ask Stephen Ross for any money then because he, he'd fall under the Ishbia. I don't know. Well, uh, it's a different it, it, sport. And I, let, that, doesn't I mean, make any, that doesn't make any sense to me. What makes sense to me is finally mm-hmm. putting all of our efforts under one header and doing it now because we got a couple weeks before the guys start arriving here in fall. And and then it's football again, right? And then we got fall practice, and then we got football. So you can't get the coaches on the road in a couple months from now. So if they don't get mm-hmm. this organized and get going and get on the road and have everybody on the same page right this second, they're not going to have any time to do it until next year. So I yeah. think that's Mike what this said, is about. Mike said he thinks they'll they'll be able to raise ten million ten million dollars minimum. And I think that's actually realistic. I the 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 goal at least for for funding, funding the, you know, every guy being able to get a stipend thing is 12 million. Mm-hmm. And so I think they can get that. Now, can they do what Ira was talking about? And, and obviously you, you need more than 12 million to fund it for, for you. You need 12 million per year, right? Right. So can you get a commitment, uh, commitments on, in line with 12 million per year? I'm not convinced they'll be able to do that uh, here in this initial push, but I think they'll be able to at least be able to get it off the ground with the first year being funded, then it'll be they will just have more work to do in yeah. the coming years. I mean, this year is all about getting a, get get something on the table. Make because right now all you need to do is have the story, because then you can go out and be like, "Hey, look what our guys made next to Ohio State guys." And you don't have C.J. Stroud out there talking. A lot of the money's funny money. A lot of it they're just making up. I I do not believe a lot of the numbers that people throw out there, especially on the recruiting trail. But if Michigan can show after one year, oh yeah, look, it works, then they're okay. As far as like out in the future, you're going to have to see how this whole thing settles. There's going to be a federal law eventually. There's going to be other states changing their laws. Michigan's going to have to change their law because we wrote it way early in this in the whole thing. This is not settled yet. So right now, let's get the let's get some money in the pocket in the in the bank. Let's get this settled. Let's have a good story and then build the business as we go. Down the road, I you know, I hope Stephen Ross lives forever. Cause like you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have to have something, right? Like right now we can just raise rent on New Yorkers and we got some money again. But like you can't do that forever, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, that's a good that's a good break point. We'll pick this up on the other side and get your thoughts on the concept uh, because this is they're looking at this internally as this is the game changing moment for them. It wasn't necessary. I mean, it's great to have collectives. Uh, it's great to have partnerships with collectives. But you talk to people in the program, and they think this is the turning point for them. I'm curious if you guys agree. We will get into that and much more on the MGO Blog Roundtable coming up here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTK, the ticket, the official voice of the University of Michigan Sports Ann Arbor Accumulus Station. And we are back, folks, here on the Michigan Insider, Sports Talk 1050 WTKA, online at WTKA.com, Sam Webb, Mr. Ira Weintraub on the other side, and you know what we do every Thursday. In the 9 o'clock hour, we catch up with our buddies, our pals, our friends, our brothers from another mother, the MGO Blog Roundtable crew. 
and at least two of them are with us so far this morning. We are joined by uh, the day-to-day guy, the guy that, that you know, kind of turns on the lights <laughs> and turns them off at the end of the day at MGO Blog, and that is Seth Fisher. How you doing this morning? Oh, the lights are not going off. We're, we are deep, deep in Hail of the Victors writing mode right now, and we are... We're going to get this out, man. We are going to have a book for you. <laughs> the one article that I just cannot get through is this this article by Craig Ross, which gets into like the the history of like Michigan starting their rivalry with Ohio State, and like they they go to Ohio and they 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 like okay, we're going to play the biggest team in Ohio, and they they play Wesleyan, and then they're like no 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 no, that's not a big enough team, and they and they uh, we're, we're trying to figure out how to like get this article to fit like a narrative of some sort because he just kind of wrote information and threw it out there. And that's what we're wrangling for right now. So no sleep, no sleep for Seth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, in fact, uh, at the time, of course, Wesleyan, Ohio Wesleyan was a better program than Ohio state by a long shot. And so it was Oberlin college, of course. Yeah. But. Uh, now tell me if this is familiar at all. The other thing going on that year in our Hail of the Victors book, which you can buy on mgoblog.com right now, uh, is the they were trying to figure out their whole NIL program. And they didn't call it oh, that, yeah. right? But like they got uh, Baird was kind of running the team for a while, and then he goes to Chicago, and he's writing letters back, and you're like, okay, how are we going to pay for this guy? How are we going to make sure this works here? And uh, the like they were trying to get this whole setup going because at this point, Michigan is very aware that everyone's paying players. They are very aware that they're going to have to compete with Chicago, who is the best at playing players in the West. And they're like, okay, we're going to have to come up with some sort of system for doing this when Baird is not on campus doing it. But Baird is in Chicago talking to the alumni, talking to the wealthy people. And this is when we set up this whole system that, like, makes sure our players get taken care of during the Yost era. And we have some very good teams coming up after this year that Craig's talking about. And I think this is kind of like the origin of of Michigan's fantastic cheating system, which we dismantled in the 30s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone was cheating then, especially University of Chicago, who was the other big power in the Midwest, uh, because University of Chicago is interesting. It was John D. Rockefeller wanted his own college, and he wanted to be able to compete with Leland Stanford, who had a you know his college out in uh, California. And only Rockefeller figured out he couldn't really do create an academic college because there were already good academic colleges in the Midwest who were more established. So he decided, here's how I'll do it. I'll create a football program. This isn't a joke. So the University of Chicago was founded on football and, and academics came later, uh, you know, they had football. For, and so they got the biggest snake in the United States to run their football program, Amos Alonzo Stagg. And he was incredible. And in, in terms of the of the sneaky stuff Stag would pull, and Michigan to to compete then had a guy who wasn't in Ann Arbor and wasn't really a part of the athletic department. He was just a law a lawyer in Chicago, uh, sort of running things through the back door. Uh, it's a very you know nothing ever changes, I guess. In some yeah, respects, unfortunately, so. we just we took this whole system apart because otherwise. Yeah. Like everyone else in college football, we would have had a fantastic system, <laughs> and all of a sudden this comes yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, well, it yeah because things uh, evolved the way they did, and Michigan's uh you know their their moral compass kind of found <laughs> a different a different direction, right? When it mm-hmm. came uh, came to how to deal, 
it, it did put them at a competitive disadvantage to those whose moral compass never, uh, never changed. And so how do you bridge the gap at a time where, you know, rules and what, you know, what, what is in accordance with the rules is really left open to interpretation, right? It's really your own personal uh, measure. And so uh, what Michigan did, uh, they obviously moved a little more deliberately than a lot of folks would have liked, but it got them to a point where they were able to survey the area and, and then come up with what their answer is to what other schools are, do- are, are doing. It's this Empower program. It is, it is in the words of one insider in the program, one member of the program, uh, they see it as a game changer. And so what is the premise of Empower? Premise of Empower is their, their in-house sort of NIL conduit, right? So they create, the op- they create certain opportunities, market them as well. So you are, you're talking about internships, you're talking about mentorships, and any other a menu of NIL opportunities that they were able to take out sort of kind of direct to donors and direct to businesses. And basically Jim Harbaugh himself making the ask of these donors and these businesses to show their support. Now, Michigan can't actually do the deals. They can't actually execute any of these deals, but they can create the environment for the deals to get done, whether they be directly with the student athletes, through their reps or through collectives. And and you have the the engine for it or the ask for it coming from someone these donors and businesses will, will listen more to. Yes, they listen to the collectives, make no mistake, and collectives have been doing a good job of, of fundraising. But it's different when Jim Harbaugh asks, right? We can all agree on that. Like when when Jim goes to him and be like, look, I need you to support this specifically. I need you to support, and I can vouch for it. this is where the money is gonna go. Cause that's where uh, a lot of Donors are busy. Well, how do we know where yeah. it's going to go or who's going to get what? This is Jim Harbaugh putting his name on it, saying, mm-hmm. I want you to support this, and I can promise you that your support is going to go where I say is where, where I'm pointing to right now. And I, I actually think this is this is a pretty novel concept uh, that's going to be successful for them. Now, how successful is the question? Yeah. I mean, the way that this all came out together is – and, again, you have to – understand that Michigan did not have a system in place and most schools just took the system that was in place, right? You know, Jim Trestle showed how to do it. They had a great system there. Marcus Freeman was able to take that system and install it at Notre Dame. And as soon as it was legal, they just put a different term on it and they're boom, you're going, you're good. Same exact system they've been running for years. Saban has his system. It's been running for years. Kirby Smart used the Saban system, got everyone in Georgia under control. They already had this under control. Michigan had to start from scratch. So how does it happen? Fans, former players, people who are connected want to do something good. And each of them have a different vision. Someone's got a vision, okay, let's use NFTs because the only thing that NFTs do well is give money to people for nothing, right? Uh, Or let's um, let's use a charity. Because charity is a great, and then people will be able to get money and you know save it on their taxes. Let's try that model. And someone else is like, okay, let's fund the whole university. Let's make sure we get the whole athletic department and not just have this be about money going from foot from bus to football. Someone else is like, look, I was a former football player. I, I my dad was a former football player, and we know how everything works, and we know how it needs to work. Let's do it this way. Everyone's got their own vision, and they went and just did it because it was just waiting for someone to do it. Now we've got. 
the ones that are I'm not sure which ones will survive or whatnot, but they've got the ones that that got set up, and you need someone on top to say yes, this works, and then just you know, like you said, provide the opportunity, have the blessing, have like the look. These guys know what they're doing. It's going to work out. We'll talk to you about what things are and what and how each system works because they're each different visions, and then you can go and talk to them about it. It's as opposed to this, each collective is going and trying to sell their vision. And if you're like a person with, you know, what do I, what am I, how, where do I fit in this? How do I trust right. you? What are you doing here? Good right. Point. One person says, here's your options. This is what my wife does with, uh, with her clients. She, she works for Easter seals and helps people all over Oakland County. She says, here's the services, right? She doesn't provide all the services. She explains, here's what we can do for you. Here's how we can help your family. We can do this. We'll set you up with this. And then you go and sign up for the the, the programs, and then the system helps you. But if you don't mm. understand the system, there's just you're walking in blind. And that's what we're doing right now. I, I have I, no, I just have nothing yet because I don't I can't pretend to really understand how it works or what's going on. I mean, and, and you've seen this I think among fans in particular, and and the media doesn't seem to really understand what's going on either. I don't know, maybe well, someone I, I get it. And look, does. you know, you you have so you, you have a a sort of scenario in place, or you had one where you know you couldn't guarantee a every guy was going to get something. So that mm -hmm. this empower is going to help establish that because the, the baseline um for for the program is that every guy receives a stipend every year so can you can you get that funded number one some level of support that is guaranteed to come in where every guy knows that he if he completes well, certain requirements that he's going to be able to to get a certain amount and, that, of money. and is that what michigan state has had like it was some number that every single athlete at, at, at michigan state got xyz dollars i don't think it was a lot of dollars it wasn't a they, lot it wasn't a lot they i got they, something yeah i definitely think it, true and I think yeah. the goal—that's what was pulled back. I think yeah. the goal is is more substantial than what Michigan State was getting. Yeah. But the establishment of that, uh, and then the the creation of a, like I said, a a a an in house an in house nil uh, marketing or or imaging machine where it doesn't require a collective or a representative to go out and you know, kind of create the marketing opportunities or, or to, to create the NIL opportunity. They're actually creating them in inside Michigan football. They're actually marketing them inside Michigan football. They're actually taking them directly to, so going out and basically generating the support within Michigan football. So even if you're a guy who doesn't have a representative, if you're a guy who's not working with the collective, you're still going to have a, a, a vehicle to advance your NIL opportunities. And then the other piece of this that is maybe the most significant is who do you have making the ask? That is extremely significant because it's, it's not like what's being done right now. I mean, of course, the collectives have been going around meeting with donors. Of course, they've been you know, trying to fundraise. They've been doing it for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, varying levels of success to Craig's point. I mean, to Seth's point, I mean, you're going to have some donors say, well, how do, okay, where is this going to go? You know, who's going to get it? You know, how is how is your vision different from this collective's vision? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, who do, should I work with this collective versus working with that collective? 
you got all of these questions that I think might, you know, make a make a potential contributor uh, feel like they're running in quicksand. Like, I don't know where I don't know where to go. I'm not. I, I, so they wind up not going anywhere. Yeah. This kind of gets them off the spot. Having Jim Harbaugh basically by virtue of his presence offering a guarantee. Look, this is what's needed. This is who it helps. And I guarantee you that if you offer your support is going to go where where I say is going to go, because I am vouching for these collectives that are along with us. And if it doesn't work out, because it's one of the big things about collectives is, okay. where's well, and I'm just not just talking about in Michigan, but accountability. Like, how do you ensure that collectives are treating student athletes right? So that's this is also Jim saying, hey, I'm vouching for these guys. So if I hear something's going wrong, then I'm going to be right there to make sure a correction is put in place. So I, I actually think it's a really it's going to be a really effective plan for them for football anyway, that gets them moving. And it's, it's not a surprise to me that, that Chris Partridge has a huge role in it because mm-hmm. he's coming, he's coming from a place where he sees how they get down in the sec. He sees how, how money flows. And so how can you match that? You can't just he sit was a high back. school coach in New Jersey. If you if you wanna if you wanna see how how the you know the sausage is made, go coach high school in New Jersey for a year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Craig, I, there. <laughs> I, I think in a nutshell, you know, in a nutshell, what they've done is bring a lot in house, bring the creation of a menu of NIL opportunities for their student athletes in house, the marketing for those NIL opportunities in house. And the fundraising for that in-house. Now, the part that they can't execute is to actually do the deals. But everything else they can do, and, you know, the the other part is interchangeable. You could work with a collective to do the deals. They could tell the donors. You work with the student-athlete directly to do the deals. You work with a student-athlete rep to do the deals. But we're going to bring you the ones that are credible, the ones that will really help the kids, and we're going to make sure that, you know, we're going to make sure that if, if you do show your support that the money that you contribute goes to where uh, they say it's going to go. I don't think the fans question is, how does it work? I, don't, I think they would actually rather not know. I think the question is, does it work? And the, the answer is going to be, we'll know soon because we'll see how this does. We'll see how this, you know, how, how they're going to go on the road. They're going to come back with a number. And that number is going to matter in decisions that people make as far as sticking around. You know, if you look at our roster this year, it is stacked. They look like a, a team on the cusp of going to the national championship and winning it, right? Mm-hmm. The year after, we have a lot of decisions to make. And if there's enough out there to keep now, you're not gonna keep JJ McCarthy if he's got a if he's got a great season, you're not keeping Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum. Like the so there's you have to have some sort of reason. But there's a lot of eligibility out there. And if you can keep some of these guys because another year is not going to hurt them down the road, that is really where you're gonna see the difference. And like yeah, if they can I, tell the story, you're gonna be you'll be fine. So I, I actually think the biggest question is gonna be the the longevity. How how much funding into the future can they secure? I have little doubt that they will reach $10, $12 million for mm-hmm. the year. I, that's going to happen. They're going to be able to fund this program for this season. For this season. I mean, are they going to raise $10, $12 million a year for every year? Isn't this right. a problem that we, at least by rumor, felt that Texas A&M had? 
I mean, there was a rumor that Texas A&M had, you know, 20 million plus dollars. And then the next year they all transferred out. Mm -hmm. you know, oh, yeah. And, look, yeah. you know, how do you execute it? Yeah. I mean, this this gets it, you're getting into how you construct, how you build a program. I think that had less to do. All the guys transferring had less to do with the, uh, you know, money drying up and more to do with how you got the guys that you got or why you got the guys that you got. If you're getting guys just because of money, only because of money, you know, it, there, they're leaving any, because of money. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> there's a, or, or, or any, or any little thing that, that could disrupt them. If, right. if, if it's so transactional, the reason that they come and it'd be very, very easy for them to leave. If there's no sort of emotional, no, no sort of, you know, kind of, kind of cultural appeal. Sam, where are, you, you are. are you saying that no one has a good reason other than money to go to Michigan State University? Because it's a great <laughs> university with but, a fantastic Craig, study abroad program. <laughs> yeah, Craig, you, you, you raised now, yeah. this is going to be a test for them is how much farther into the future can you fund this thing? Can, you know, because mm -hmm. I brought up the point you just did, Craig, like you need you, you really need more than twelve million dollars for this to to be successful. I think they could be successful getting some funding into the future but do i think they're going to get a commitment for 12 million dollars per year for the next four years off the off the rip no i think it's going to be some years in the making this is just the first this is the opening salvo if you will and jim's gonna have to be back out on the trail next summer and the summer after that to sort of prime the pump over some years condition people to the point where they know yeah we do need 12 million dollars a year so, you know, if, once you get them used to contributing that much, that much per year, you'll be fine. But I, I don't think one time out asking is going to do that. No, maybe we just need to get an endowment. Maybe that's the plan. When Stephen Ross goes, he just he just leaves it all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Steve Ross's kids, but I'm sure you're you selling his. You were planning on, like, you know, rescuing journalism in America or, or saving democracy across the world or something cool like that but no we're just going to create an endowment <laughs> and then that that's where it will come from i mean one thing seems for sure to me and they this is going a little bit sideways is that this year by my count michigan has 14 guys transferring out in the portal in the program in football some of these guys are really good players uh you know or have big upsides and they've got nine guys coming in same deal i mean I think maybe they have more talent coming in than they had going out, but who knows? I mean, is this something fans are going to just feel comfortable with every they're year? Yeah, have to, yeah they don't have, have a choice. choice. Don't have a choice. That's reality moving forward. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when you see 14 guys, your next, the way you assess that is, okay, how many of those guys are first or second string guys? I would say none of them. Uh, no, Eric All. It, you know, is yeah, Eric, oh, Eric, like you're going to have those stories. Oh, Hen Henning is. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think, think that was a. I don't think Henning was. I don't think Henning. Well, uh, you know, yeah, I, Henning, I think Henning. I, we just talked about it. I think we talked about it off air. But like the the hmm. receivers, there's just you know, you got to have enough spots. You got to have enough job. Like, what's AJ Henning yeah. going to do? Just be the end around guy? He's going to be Calvin Bell, right? Like, you know. Giles Jackson left for the same reason. Like, there's yeah. how often do we use slots? We use second tight ends at Michigan. Yeah, and and Eric All Eric All would have been a second string guy, so he might be the exception to the rule. 
but how many of those guys on that list compared to say other schools where they're losing, you know, starters, losing starters mm -hmm. and multiple starters at that. That's how well, you, you assess the, the health. Are you losing depth guys, you know, third or fourth string guys, which the overwhelming majority of, of Michigan's guys were, or are you losing guys that are at the top of your, your top of your rotation? So, and that's not Michigan. No, so what yeah, no, Michigan. Do is Michigan. Michigan's not going to compete with Ohio State and Georgia and Alabama for like we're going to be the top recruiting class every year. They're just not because they're not going to be into the pay for play movement. And, and some of those guys are yeah. like, "Look, I'm the best in my in the country at what I do. I've been the best at what I do for a long time because I put a lot of time and money into it, and I'm going to get paid." And Michigan's just not playing that game with those guys, even when they have their NIL thing set up. What they need to do is then is find another thing that they can do better than everybody else. That's what we're hoping for from this. We're hoping that the amount of money you get by being a Michigan football player says to you, if I'm Jamon Green, I would rather come back and play one more year and put more money in the bank than test the waters in the, and, and try to and be a, an undrafted free agent in the NFL. So if you are a sixth round or seventh rounder in the NFL, the, we need to be able to say, it's better to come back, right? If you're on the fence about the NFL, we need to be able to say you should come back because Ohio State's not going to get that guy to come back. Georgia's not going to get that guy to come back. If we have fourth and fifth year guys on our roster every year that they don't, that's where we can have value that they don't have. And why can Michigan have that? Because we're going to graduate you. We're going to get you uh, graduate degrees, and you're going to have opportunities that you wouldn't have otherwise when you're done playing football. Michigan could be the best team in the country every single year or at least compete with the best teams in the country every single year, just like Bama, just like Georgia, but they have to do it a little differently. They have to be better at this than everybody else. That's the mark we're trying to hit, not just let's get to where everyone else is. We have to be better at it so that we can take advantage of a, pl a, pl a place in the market that no one else can really reach. Well, uh, and it so, looks so like they're on their things. way. A couple yeah. of things real quick. So Eric Hall was not going to be a starter this year. I see this in the, in the chat. Eric Hall was not going to be a starter this year. So uh, he <laughs> would have been a second string guy. Uh, that's the point. Second uh, string tight end is a starter at Michigan. I disagree with that. Yeah. Hey, second string yeah, tight end yeah. is, a, is a first string. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, the way Michigan, yeah, Michigan uses their tight ends. Yeah, yeah, I well, agree. He, he wasn't going to be in the role that he expected to be in. Okay. Well, so let's put it that way. Nikai Hill Green was not a second string guy. Yeah. He was not. That's one of the reasons why he left. That someone else said that. Um, R.J. Moten, it would have been interesting. Uh, so he definitely had fallen down the depth chart at safety. Um, you know, the the talk was coming out of spring, and you can hear a lot of the guys talk about this. I mean, the next safety off the bench was starting to look like Quentin Anderson. That's what the guys Quentin, were saying. Johnson? Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnson. Excuse yeah. me. Quentin Johnson. Quentin. And. You know, would he have been higher in the rotation if he was open to playing more linebacker? That started to be the conversation. So what you guys in the chat are pulling off, putting as cut and dry was not as cut and dry as you're making. This is part of the reason why those guys transferred. And it's and like it's, it's not as real. Yeah, guys, right. I'm just talking about when Michigan, Michigan was flailing around in the portal. All, all And they finally, you know, they finally got a guy from UMass, Josh Wallace. But they probably would have much preferred to have Jamon Green. 
And mm-hmm. that's the kind of guy who it should just be a no-brainer for that kind of guy. If you're not going to get drafted, if you're not absolutely sure being drafted in the first four or five rounds, you should be really considering coming back to Michigan because you're going to make more money. That's what I want people to be thinking. The, the depth chart down the line, the only position where I think you really need to be able to convince a guy to stick around even if he's not starting is quarterback. Michigan needs to find a way to always have a second quarterback that they can trust. We're going to the year with Tuttle right now. Like, I, I, you need to have more than that because your quarterback could go down and that could ruin your season. And we've seen that happen at Penn State. We've seen that happen at other schools too. You need to be able yeah. to have another guy coming up, and they can't just five star it every year. Or maybe they can. Who knows? Like, I mean, I'm not. So, I, I mean, on that small point, I'm I'm not so negative. I mean, I, what we saw from Orgy in the spring looked pretty damn good. I still think uh, the uh, Davis Warren is plausible. Uh, Tuttle looked okay. He's been a starter. I, I'm not. You know, to me, the, the quarterback the position looks reasonable. To those guys, it's big. It's, it's big, but it's that's going to be true. Every and most we, every place, and, so. and 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 I don't have anything against Tuttle, right? But like I've seen Tuttle play a lot. I know what yeah, Tuttle can do. Yeah, we've all seen. We've and all seen him. If Michigan had the ability to go out and get somebody's very good starter who just wants to get a you know get a year in there, right, and and be the backup and maybe be the starter and maybe be the star, but like just have that, give yourself a high floor every year. That would be much better, and that's going to take some. Some funding. That's going to be like you're going to have to convince guys to leave pretty good opportunities, leave opportunities to start in other places. Uh, and, and big schools do that. Alabama's got a second guy who they can turn to if their quarterback goes down. Maybe not a super, not a superstar. You're not going to have one of those guys. It's really hard. But that's one of those things that it's going to be really hard to get in, uh, in football. And if you're going to compete every year, you're going to need a second quarterback on your roster somehow. Gotcha. All right, we need to get to a break. Uh, we have much more to get into. I'm curious if you guys think I'd throw this question to you in the break uh, to kind of chew on because I brought it up with the whole live topic last week. Mike Tarico brought it up. You think the, you think the, uh, what is the PIF that fund? Do you think they're ever going to get behind NIL? <laughs> that would be something <laughs> that would be uh, a potential game changer for, for, for some what, program. What you're saying, there. you know, Ohio state football brought to you by Saudi Arabia. <laughs> something like that. I think there you got some institutions out there that would be open to that. Yeah. Be open to that. But anyway, we got to get to a break. Be back on the other side here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 250 WTK, the ticket. I think there would be two, actually, Sam. I mean, but I'd clear on the radio. Yeah. So uh actually Colston Loveland is better than Eric All at this point. <laughs> I have no idea who you talk, is, what you're watching. He's reading, a, he's reading but for those listening in right now, he's reading uh, someone who says Eric was. Well, we are only, we're only on video right now. I oh, don't know yeah, who yeah. this guy, I don't know what football he watches. If he thinks <laughs> Eric Hall is better than Coast and Loveland, are you, I just, Eric Hall is a. You got to be a family member. You got to be a Eric Hall is a good football player. I'm not going to start ra- ragging on Eric Hall here. And he's going to look good at Iowa because Iowa player. throws to the tight ends. If you're, th- if you're uh, a tight end, there are worse places to go. Than Iowa. Yeah. So he's he going to look pretty good this good year. Spot. And I don't want us to have egg on our no. faces for being like, ah, ha, ha. You know, Eric. No, no. So it's no, not. Eric Hall he, is a real football player who will play in the NFL. I have so, no question look, about that. Look, man, you know, that separation was better for both sides because it it got to the point where it wasn't, it, it, it was, per, it, you know, there was discontent there. And it wasn't just about playing time. 
And so when you get into a situation like that, it is it's better to move on. He could have, if he had stayed here, he would have played. He wouldn't have played over Colston Loveland. He would not have played over Colston Loveland. He is not a better player than Colston. He's a good player, not a better player I, than Colston Loveland. I, I think that that's the point. That there are sometimes, and I have a whole database of guys and the reasons they left. Again, I track it because like, sometimes you can see if a coach is doing something wrong. And the health of the program, you can tell by the reasons guys leave. The reasons guys leave this program are healthy. You always get this. Some, someone has a, a quack doctor that they believe in, and Michigan doesn't want to support them in it. Like, that <laughs> kind of thing happens all the time. And it just... It, it just, people are people, right? There are reasons yeah. that someone left your company that it's not reflective of your company or necessarily even that person. It just wasn't the right fit 100%. at that time. That happens. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So that, so that is that all the way. Yeah. And so my, my biggest thing with, with Eric is, you know, it, it's all about health. Mm-hmm. You know, how healthy is he? Is he all the way back? If he's all the way back, he's going to have a really good season at Iowa and he'll probably get a shot in the NFL. His, his uh, quarterback is Cade McNamara, right, right. and he's at Iowa. He's not going to have any problem getting targets. <laughs> like, if you're a tight end at Iowa, and then check down Cade as your quarterback, you're going to be fine. Yeah, if he's healthy. If he's healthy. If he's healthy is if, the question. Yeah, so. I, I hope he's healthy. I, 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 I don't know how things left with the program, but, like, I loved watching him. I put him on the back cover of our magazine last year. Like, he was a great – he was a very good blocker at a block that is hard to make and hard on the body to make. Because he was making those, he was he was doing that crossbar, and Schoonmaker did a fantastic job last year too. All has done it a little bit, but like he's just that he's not what he's mostly there to do. All right. is going to give you like Jake Butt down the field, and and or sorry, Loveland is going to give you Jake right. Butt down the field. You weren't getting that from Eric Hall. Yeah, no doubt. This is uh, yeah. you know, yeah. he makes the progression as a blocker that I expect him to make. You know, he's 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 here two more years, and he's out. Loveland, yeah, no, oh, true freshman at from Idaho yeah. last year, and he played on a team that had a chance to win a championship. Like that is a good. <laughs> pl- when a guy debuts like that, that's good sign, right? Like when yeah, Rod Moore is- shows up and starts playing against Ohio State that way in his <laughs> freshman year, you're like, this guy's going to be pretty Look, good. Alabama went to Idaho to recruit Colson Loveland. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. So. Careful, because no, the more we talk about this, the more you're going to mention that Jay Harbaugh knows what he's doing, and then someone's going to find out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, hey, I think he's going to be one of the four coaches. That if Jim's right, that four coaches are going to be head coaches next year. Jay's one of them. Jim, Harbaugh, I said he has four coaches right now. Will be head coaches next, next year. year. Yeah. Stop saying that, Jim, because it makes it sound like you're going to the NFL and going to anoint one of them. Our head yeah. Coach. <laughs> Well, certainly you can see Sharon Moore, uh, yeah. may, maybe Minner. Sharon, coming Minter. back on here, guys. Stand by in about ten seconds. Yeah. Maybe Jay, head coach somewhere one day. Maybe Bellamy. Maybe I don't know if he's packing him, saying it now, but Bellamy is is something. Yeah. And back on radio, taking it to the top in five, four, three. And we are back back here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTKA online at WTKA.com. Sam Webb, Mr. Ira Weintraub on the other side and joining us for part two, our good friends from the Immigal Blog Roundtable. We had a spirited debate uh, in the uh, in the break about some of the guys who decided to go by the wayside. And and Craig, you you asked a question of fans. And I wonder if it applies to you. And I I think it's a relevant question to to dig into. I'm a fan. Yeah, you are a fan. Is this something that's souring you on the sport 
that you see, whether it's NIL and uh, the the obvious sort of sea change in 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 the perception of of what how you compensate players and or the transfer portal and the fact that, yeah, you're going to have to get used to what you say, 14 guys. 14 guys out by my count. That's going to happen on it. Get used to that every year. Every year. Yeah. Every year, there'll be double digit guys transferring out. Yeah. Is that a problem for you as a fan? You know, I don't know. At first, I think I would have said I don't like it. Uh, but now, uh, now I'm I'm more sanguine about it. That I think the uh, you know for the kids that are, are leaving, it's good for them, or they perceive it's good for them, and probably in most of the cases, it it is objectively good for them. I mean, for example, I think Alan Bowman has a legit shot of being a starter at Oklahoma State this year, uh-huh. and uh-huh. so why why shouldn't he why shouldn't he be doing that as opposed to sitting behind? other guys here at Michigan and he's got his degrees. It makes sense, you know, uh, and same for most of the guys on, uh, or all of them perhaps on, on, on this, on the list. And I'm excited about the guys that, that are coming in. So, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, at first, if you would have asked me this two years ago, I said, I don't like it. Now I'm getting used to it and thinking, all right, it's just a part of the landscape of, of the game and the sport. And we have, you know, we'll, you know, get used to it. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think the answer is, nah, I'm okay with it at this moment. You know, we'll see. Maybe in a year from now, I'll say this is too crazy to deal with. But, <laughs> so I, but, I, another question, and we got this one yesterday. All right, so uh, got football with, with Empower. This is a football, a program for football, by yeah, football. Yeah. So the immediate question was, okay, uh, you wonder about the other sports, but especially basketball. basketball. Is this is there enough room in the sandbox on the fundraising trail for for everyone, or do they to, for everyone to do this, or are they all as a as a you know an athletic department collective? So all the programs going to have to come under one umbrella and kind of you know kind of make the fundraising fundraising push as one. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, my first thought about this is, shouldn't it be easier in basketball? Because in some sense, basketball, one guy. I mean, if you get one guy and he's the right guy, you have a basketball team. Look at what happened in the NBA this year. I mean, they've got this guy. I mean, Denver has this guy, Jokic. And yeah, they have some other good players. But put Jokic on any NBA team and they're probably right there. I mean, that dude may be... I don't want to go out too far, but he's about as good an offensive player as I've ever seen. Uh, defensively, okay, maybe not, but uh, uh, you know, there's holes there. But offensively, who have you seen who's who's better than this guy? Who's more interesting to watch? And and so you would think in basketball it would be a lot easier because you only got 13 scholarships. Uh, uh, yeah, they got their teams. Doug hey. wrote, "Heck, I don't think Craig liked the forward pass when it debuted in college football." Yeah, well, that's true. 1906, I was opposed to it, and uh, and so the the uh, you know it, you would, th- but it doesn't seem that way. It seems like uh, this is more more of a struggle and uh, for Michigan, or at least it has been been so far so i mean you would you would know more about this than me sam and, and seth perhaps too but my instinct is should be easier in basketball doesn't seem to be i think here's what i know 
I think they're gonna have to do, they're gonna have to try this. They're gonna have to mm. go this route where yeah. what Jim's doing right now, you know, kind of uh, yeah, going city to city, donor to donor, saying, "Hey, I need you to do this." I think Jawan's gonna have to do that. I think yeah. he's gonna have to do that in some similar. Maybe it, maybe it'll take on a different form and have some of the some of the same basic tenets. I don't know. There's no one is saying that they have to have their, you know, take empower and basketball right. they can come up with their own program but the the premise of it or part of the premise of it will have to be you know the head man going out and basically uh making the asks himself uh in in, in the way because i'm sure he's you know kind of asked for support just like jim was asking for support but this is not like this not like i'm going to chicago i'm going to la i'm going to dc i'm going to new york we're we're bringing together and have you did you see the room in chicago it was like 12 dudes i I may be exaggerating, but there wasn't that many people in that room, Craig. And I, I certainly mm. inferred from that, oh, these are these must be like the big time money people. Right. That you gotta remember. If it's only like you can count them, uh yeah, this this is a very targeted audience. This is this wasn't just a you reach out to the alumni association of Chicago and say, Hey, Jim Harbaugh is gonna be there. That's that's not this. This is all right, you, 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 and you. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> You got you got you know 100 million and you got 100 million you got hey we need you guys to show up and support the program in this way. Uh and I think that that's one of the reasons why I think they're going to be successful cuz Jim's going to write to him making the ask and I think, you know, m- maybe it works uh for basketball, maybe it doesn't, but I think you're going to have to try. Someone someone's going to be the basketball mm-hmm. sugar daddy. Someone mm-hmm. wants to be cuz that spot's open now that seat next to the coach used to be filled now now we don't have that seat right now so that's open so someone out there who's got a big big pocketbook and doesn't want to be like fifth or sixth fiddle for the football team you can be the savior of the basketball program and you'll be sitting there next and you'll and Juwan will sit there and high five you eight times a game we promise eight high fives from Juwan per game but like that's one of the things that's probably going to happen and I don't know if all these people even get along but you know you're going to have to put Jim and Juwan and Bonnie and everybody on the plane together, and they're going to go and say, here's what we're doing for fun this year or whatever they want to call it, right? Like, you know, mm. we're going to have some sort of thing like that where we're going to raise for Michigan athletics because I don't want us to just leave out the women's programs. I don't want us to leave yeah. out baseball. I don't want us to not compete in some of these things. I know because I look at the numbers for MGO Blog and I sell the ads on MGO Blog how much money football makes and how much yeah. money basketball mm-hmm. makes. And the only difference yeah. is when football is not watchable, that's when basketball gets a lot of interest. 2014, we got a lot of basketball interest all of a sudden because they were mm-hmm. good and they were fun and we loved the coach and we loved the team and they were fun to watch and, and something else is going on with football that made us just turn off. So somebody is going to be that. Somebody's going to be the basketball guy. We just, it's got to be figured out, right? It's going to be someone's yeah, going to do it. Yeah, um, but in the inner, until they get the the sort of collective strategy together, which they're working on, right? They got you know big mm-hmm. brains kind of coming in and helping develop the the nil strategy for the department. Uh, what we're talking about is what do the programs do individually? And you know, <laughs> I, I think this initial foray, this initial foray out there, I mean, he's asking for for football support now, maybe. Maybe once they have some success, you know, reaching their goals, maybe then you ask for, I'm talking about, maybe then he'll ask for, hey, you know, 
support, you know, put some money over in this program, put some money over in that program. I, I don't think that this, this, uh, I don't think empower. That's what they're doing right now though. Yeah, no, Jim is not. And, and like I said, uh, this is probably something that they just got to do right now. Right. Football is, I'm glad that Jim's not waiting. Can't wait around for everyone to have the ducks in a row and be like, okay, check the boxes and okay, now you can go and do this and this is our plan. We don't have time to wait for a plan. You got to get on the road this week, do it this week because you're going to have to coach football in a couple weeks. And when Jim coaches football, he coaches a lot of football. So there's there's just going to be there's not going to be a lot of time and you're you know whatever you need to do has to be done now. That's fine. Juwan is going to have to be responsible for his program. He's going to have to get people excited about his program. I think that you know getting Kamwa in here is going to is is, is getting people to believe some Huge. things. If he can get another guy in the portal and they can compete in the Big Ten this year, it's he's coming off a tough year and then he lost his best player to the portal because someone else pays him more money. That's a story that he could tell people if they're having success and be like, "Hey man, if we just funded this program." You could be the guy sitting next to me, and Hunter Dickinson would come off the bench and give you a high five. That's not happening here right now. We need somebody to do that. But Juwan's responsible for Juwan's program, and Jim is responsible for Jim's program, and Jim is doing what he needs to do right now for his program, and I think it's fun. Yeah, I think that's what you just said was maybe the most salient point in the whole uh, roundtable today, and that was, you know, Jim say, okay, I got to go. <laughs> I got, and that's just yeah. You gotta understand that's just him. Period. Right. Not just with nil. Like, I do don't talk. Yeah, <laughs> don't talk yeah. about it. Be oh. about it right now. You know, let's let's go do it, and then we'll figure out how after we start. Right. right well, this right. was a little bit different. Right. This Schedule the satellite camps, because, announce them, and then we'll plan it. Yeah, this was a little yeah. bit different because you know the genesis of this was really, at least as far as I can tell. So they hire Partridge. Mm-hmm. Right, Partridge coming is coming from Ole Miss, mm-hmm. and seeing how they get down nil wise, and you get here and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? But they, and we're gonna. But their program is a hundred years old. They they've been at this forever. <laughs> right, it's, it it, can't, it couldn't have come as much of a shock having been here before. Right, but mm-hmm. all right, we got to figure out something. We got to figure out something quick. So, uh, this is very much. This entire sort of initiative is vi- it has Partridge's fingerprints all over it, and, uh, yeah. and Rodney being, being an entrepreneur, so you bring in the guy with that kind of with that kind of brain, with that kind of mind, you put them together, uh, and and then you you kind of give Jim a a direction to go in because he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Tell me where to go, mm-hmm. and we'll start getting it done. So that that is really how all this came together, and I I think. Between the knowledge of how they do it elsewhere, uh, the you know obviously kind of working in kind of go rogue. They they kind of got all the approvals and things they need to do to make sure they were on the up and up with what they could do and couldn't do, and and to be able to have your head man out there highlighting opportunities that you create. So it insulates insulates you from the viability of any collective. It ins- it creates a a a baseline for your entire roster. This, I think, is I do agree that this is the turning point for football. What I don't know is, is it scalable? You know, can can every program do it as much or will it require? Will they require more of the assistance from the athletic department? They're going to have to do it themselves. Right. Bonnie's going to have to figure out the program for softball. 
All right, Brandon's going to have to figure out the program for hockey. And it's going to have to function the way that those sports function, the way those fans function. You're going to basketball. There's a wide open opportunity for someone to be the basketball person. It is. And that's what's yeah. probably going to happen because it's just too easy, right? And that person wants to do women's and men's basketball even better. Go. Let's, let's, you know. What do we point to? But see, we, we rattle off, tw- you know, a, a bunch of the same names every time football comes up. Mm-hmm. Who, who do we think of off the top of our head when we think basketball? I, the, the thing is, not Michigan, Michigan's big donors, I, I, I don't know the names, but I, I know that some of them are out there and don't necessarily want their name on everything. And that's some, someone told me once, and this is stuck, that like Michigan is very lucky versus Ole Miss that their big donors are not the kinds who come in and say, okay, well, I want X, Y, Z, A, B, and C, right? They're the ones who say, I no. want to support the program. I now, don't know about that. Now, if, you, <laughs> if you're dipping further I don't know about pockets, that, if you're dipping further into that, pockets, bro. you're going to need to start selling some A, Bs, and Cs. Nah, bro. I don't know about that one, man. I, I don't either. I'm not saying you're wrong, Seth. I just don't know. I mean, but the – the they, I mean, They're probably the just specific, talking about Stephen Ross specifically when they say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on, a, on a more specific thing, what about the, the situation with Reeves from Kentucky? I mean, that's a, some crazy-ass stories going – you know, happening there that can, you know, for people who don't know, this is a kid who transferred, was it three years at Illinois state, a good player transfers mm-hmm. to Kentucky he has a pretty good year at Kentucky. And now he's, he wants to be gone for whatever reason. I don't know what, what that reason is exactly, but he has one year of eligibility left. Um, Michigan is in the talk on this one. So, so here's my question. Mm-hmm. And I don't yeah. actually, I haven't checked on this to know the answer. Yeah. Has graduated. No, he's gone to Illinois back to take classes at Illinois State to graduate from Illinois State. Kentucky is saying, well, they're going to do something to make sure he's not allowed to transfer. So now, and I don't know. If he doesn't graduate, it's it's a non-starter for Michigan if he doesn't graduate. No other school has this problem. No other school has because you go to any other school, you go to Illinois, you go to the Deaton of LSA at Illinois and say, can I get my guy? to come here and tra- and finish up his classes and get an Illinois degree and then we'll have yeah. him be a grad student here and they'll say fine. Everyone else's deans are cool with this. Michigan has a problem with the way that we deal with transfers and that is the I my you tell the story and it's like there you go. Somebody at Kentucky wants to hold this up. Why? Because yeah. some people are jerks. Some people don't <laughs> want to lose a player. And hey man, that happened with uh, Terrence Shannon. With at, Terrence at Shannon, Texas Tech. yep, Terrence and it happened Shannon with Caleb Love, right? UNC wasn't going to let him graduate, and some schools that he could go to are going to say, "Doesn't matter if UNC wants to be a jerk, or you Kentucky wants to be a jerk, or Texas Tech wants to be a jerk. Doesn't matter to us. We'll get it done for you because you are valuable to our school. We understand the value you're going to provide to us, and we're going to make this happen. Michigan does not do it, and it." it it just comes up against people who have the decision decision making power who are not put in who, who you cannot tell them what to do. Their job is to run their thing, and they run it the way that they want to. And Michigan is an academic school first, and this comes back to like the donations, right? You want to look at who the big donors for Michigan. They're not athletic donors; they are donors to the school. And the we bring in so much more money for the academic side 
than we do for the football program. No, very, very other few schools are like that. Alabama's not like that. So it's a different scenario here, and it's not easy to navigate that. So when you say, like, did he graduate yet? Well, if it wouldn't matter. But UK, if UK is holding up his graduation and being a jerk about it, all that tells me is this guy really wants to come to Michigan and we just got to figure out a way to do it. Well, no, it doesn't exactly say that because remember the rules have changed and that, and that you, your, your second transfer now is not free. True. You, you have to sit out. Right. And so, Unless you're and a grad so transfer, you don't have to sit out if you're a grad. That, right. That's the point, of course. And so the kid, the fact that he's going to Illinois state to get a, to get a degree doesn't mean that it's, that it's a, it's to come to Michigan. It means it may be that it means he isn't going to sit out. He doesn't want to sit out a year because he has, he has to get the degree not to sit out. And, and I think Kentucky has no ability to stop this whatsoever, even though they're making noise. How can Kentucky control whether Illinois state gives a kid a degree or not? Come on. They've got no ability to do that. The NCAA rule, I think is fairly clear that, you you get your degree, you can you can then transfer a second time without sitting I, out. I think that their point is that you're gonna be if he goes back to Illinois State, Illinois State. that's a second transfer and now you have to sit out next year no matter where you go. I think like that, that's not what the NCAA rule says. Right, the but rule like, says I, it's that that mm-hmm. I the only way they could legalize that. Mm-hmm. But like the easiest thing would be for Kentucky to be like, okay, where's your where are you at with your credits? He's gotta be close. If he's going to Illinois State to complete a few classes he had to have been pretty close when he got to Kentucky in the first place. So it's just this this wrangling and wrangling where some someone with some sense could just step in and be like, where are you at? Are you getting a degree or not? Are you getting an education or not? And and make that happen. Now, I agree second transfers should be blocked, right? And grad transfers should be free because that's the incentive. Yeah. We got to get out of here, folks. Right. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050, WTK, the ticket, the official voice of the University of Michigan Sports, Ann Arbor Accumulus Station.